evening, morning, or afternoon. It is a pleasure to be back. I know it's been a while, but hey, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am super stoked about last weekend's card, and I'm not as equally, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all, I'm not as equally stoked about the card this weekend, but I'm still, let's say, kind of excited. I'm not going to not watch them. I'm going to watch them. I got to work, but I'm going to watch them at work. It's fine. No big deal. All right. I mean, the best way to, I mean, break down last week's card, I guess, would just be to dive into it. There wasn't a lot of finishes on this card, but that did not take away from the quality of fights there were. every sing, Almost every single fight that I witnessed this weekend were absolutely incredible. It was so much fun to watch. Let's get into it. Alexio Linick battles back and ends up submitting Jared Vandera. Vandera is a tough guy. He got Alex. He got Alexi's back early, and um, it looked like he was gonna choke him out. But Alexi's ground game is just way, way, way levels above Jared's. Obviously, we saw that. Um, but Alexi battled back, got out of it, ended up getting on top, and some. And I think he ended up choking Jared. I can't remember, but that's not too important. But yeah, incredible fight. The dudes. I think that was his 80th fight. He's like, he's like 60, 18, and two or something crazy. Uh, absolute legend in the sport. I always love love watching him fight. He's had his woes, you know, recently. Um, sorry, I didn't realize you guys could hear me typing. That's not good. I gotta fix that. I'm trying to find Alexio Linux record here. I don't even know how to spell his name, but not important, but an absolute legend of the sport, the dude, and he even joked around with Rogan after and was like, you know, Joe was like, hey, you know, you've been in the sport for a long time, you've had, you know, 80 fights, I remember what, how he worded it, but he's like, how much longer, you know, you got left at this, and Alexi's like, oh, you know, not too long, maybe 10, 15 more years, <laughs> uh, the dude's funny, it was nice, I know there's been a lot of stuff obviously going on with Russia and Ukraine, but... And there's been, because of that, a lot of people have been booing Russian fighters. I've noticed no one really booed Alexi. People love him. It seems like a fun dude. That'll bring us to Mike Mallant defeating Mickey Gall via knockout in the first round. And this dude, I'm sure you guys saw it. I don't know if you guys saw it live like I did or if you guys saw uh, Dana White talk about it. His boxing coach, I believe, one of his coaches, his daughter is... Uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. I believe. I'm. I think. I'm not certain, but a type of cancer. And Mike decided to donate his show money uh, to his coach so they could battle that. So absolute class act, Mike Malatas. It was his first fight in the UFC, and uh, he is a lot of fun to watch. He's got he's got power for sure. We know that. Was able to um, survive Mickey Gall. Not get taken because Gall's game really is just to take you down and submit you. His striking is getting a lot better. Uh, he got into the UFC super young and f and fought Mike. Uh, who did he fight? Fought CM Punk and Mike Jackson in his first two fights and just smashed them. So that kind of gave people a false narrative, I guess, of who Mickey Gall was going to be. Like, oh, I was just going to smash these guys. It's like, yeah, he's going to smash blue belts. Obviously, a dude was a brown belt at the time and a very good brown belt. 
But yeah, donated his win money, and uh, I think the NY ended up saying, "Hey, you know, keep your win money. Um, he'll take care of that ten thousand. I think he got a bonus as well. So congratulations to Mike Malott, a great guy, and I'm I'm super excited. To see, I'm pumped to see him in the future. And then we had Raquel Pennington, who looked fantastic in that fight versus Aspen Ladd. I didn't know this. I didn't think she was the one that took. I thought she was the one. Aspen was the one that took the fight on short notice. And I thought that was interesting because she's had problems with weight in the past. And I was like, God, I don't know if she's going to make weight. But she seemed to make weight with no problem. So I was like, damn, that's crazy. She must have really changed something up in her in her, in her her diet there. Nope, it was uh, not Aspen who took the fight late. It was Raquel. So, hey, I was like, sweet. I love watching Raquel Pennington fight. Girl is a savage. Every time Aspen hit something clean on her, she came back super aggressive. Girl is she is still one of the top fighters in um in the 135 pound weight class and hey maybe you never know um, with Amanda Nunes out of the picture not completely out of the picture I guess but with Amanda Nunes losing to gosh darn it Raquel Pennington not Raquel Pennington oh my God I'm terrible with words today I guess I'm a little tired I'm not that's the crazy thing excuse me Juliana Pena. Um, that fight could happen if 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 Pena beats Nunes again, which I don't think will happen. But fuck, man, you never know. Raquel's right in there, uh, looking at a title picture. Her and uh, Arie Aldana, and I like Raquel against uh, Juliana in that fight. I think it's a super super fascinating one. Uh, maybe that's one we see in the future. Who knows? But Raquel is still an absolute savage. Looked fantastic against uh, Aspen Ladd. And Ian Gary uh, defeating Darian Weeks. Hey, man, Darian Weeks is a tough dude. I didn't even know who this guy was going into the fight. I was just more focused on Ian Gary. I was like, I don't know who, da- who this Darian Weeks guy is. He's probably just going to knock him out first, second round. You know, it's going to be on the rise for Ian, uh, Ian Gary from there. But, damn, he couldn't put Darian Weeks, Darian Weeks away. I think there was one time where he was in trouble at the end of the second round. Gary caught him, but, I mean, other than that, it was a very competitive fight. Obviously, it was definitely in the favor of Ian Gary. It wasn't a controversial decision whatsoever. But, damn, man, that Darian Weeks guy, stay on the lookout for him. He's huge, man. I know it's 185 pounds, but the dude looks like he was, like, 215 in there. Striking's really good. Looks like his takedown defense was there. But, hey, man, Ian Gary, some have dubbed the... uh, Nice Conor McGregor. <laughs> Ian wants to take over like Conor did, and I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? A lot of guys say that it never happens. <sighs> Good luck to you, Ian. But hey, Ian's a fantastic uh, fighter. He's fun to watch as well. But congratulations to Ian Gary, and hey, man, definitely stay on the lookout for Darian Weeks. Mackenzie Dern wins a split decision over Tisha Torres. I had it in Mackenzie's favor. I can't remember which rounds I scored for her, but I I gave her two rounds for sure. Uh, Tisha seemed surprised she didn't get the decision nod. I don't – I mean, I guess, I, I guess you could have gave Tisha that fight. It was a close fight, good fight. Uh, Tisha's uh, ground game, Mackenzie, as Mackenzie saw, was good. She was right. She told her it wasn't going to happen. I posted that on TikTok this week. Follow me on TikTok if you guys aren't, by the way. Please do. 3,800 followers. I'm famous. Not really. But, um, 
yeah, she uh, was like, oh, I'm going to take you down. I'm just going to choke you. It's going to be easy. Tisha's a tough customer, man. That's what I was trying to say to everybody going in. She's not – this isn't going to be a girl um, that Mackenzie's going to be able to go in there and just and, and, and put her game plan on. Tisha's tough, and Mackenzie's had problems in the past with girls um, who are as good as strikers as her. So it's kind of what I expected to happen. Tisha, you know, didn't get the win is what it is. She hasn't fought in a while, so – no ring rust for that girl. Fun fight, though. Congratulations to Mackenzie. And that'll bring us to Jesus Christ, people. That Kamzat Shemaev and Gilbert Burns fight was an absolute barn burner. I mean, what the fuck was that? That was crazy. That was probably... That's a for sure fight of the year candidate. Kamzat goes in there as... I mean labeled as the most scary guy not just in the division but the most scary dude in the on the whole UFC roster and everyone no one gave Gilbert a chance except this fucking guy right here this dude me I'm pointing at me by the way I did Gilbert is super tough he went out there almost finished Kamaru Usman in the first round I know he ended up getting knocked out but let's not worry about that sat down Kamaru Usman one of the greatest welterweights of all time Knocked out, um, what's his name? Damian Maya with one punch within 10 seconds. I know Damian Maya's old, but it's not the point. Knocked him out in like 50 seconds. Dude is a stud. He beat the brakes off of every. He's the only fight Gilbert has lost since moving up to 170 pounds. Is Kamaro Usman, the champion. Other than that, he has made quick work of almost everybody else that he's fought. And everyone bet the bank that Kamzat was going to win that fight handily. Not this guy. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I thought Gilbert won that fight. I'm not mad at the decision that Gilbert didn't win that fight. I, it's, if Kamzat, if they gave it into Kamzat, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't think he won that fight. But I get, I get how you thought he did. Kamzat Chemaev going into that fight absorbed two strikes total from his last four opponents. He absorbed 191 significant strikes from Gilbert Burns. Gilbert almost finished him in the second round. He matched his energy. Dude is a savage. I could watch those two fight every weekend. But now this poses the question, you know, Kamzat wins. He beats a top number two contender in the world. Who is next for him? I know Dana said earlier in the week that Colby might be next. I don't know if Colby loses that fight. We saw a couple of, finally we saw a couple of chinks in the armor of Kamzat. He wasn't really able to get Gilbert to the mat. He, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he was, it took him like probably like a minute to get him to the ground. And then he popped right back up. And Chemayev never really tried for another takedown again in that entire fight. And Gilbert isn't really known as this stud wrestler. In comes Colby Covington and in comes Kamaru Usman, the two greatest welterweights in the world. I don't know if Chemayev can get him down. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was just an off night for Kamzat and he's just going to smoke Colby. 
I I don't know. I'm not the guy to you know to call that. I don't know. Don't come at me. But hey, man, you never. Who knows what happens? But I I think it's inevitable at this point. At least that Kamzat is for sure a top five guy in the division. And who knows? Maybe the weight cut was a lot for him, and that's why he got caught. I know he fights at 185 pounds too. Maybe he goes up to 185 and tries tries to make a run. I would. I'm just. I'm so excited. This guy's just in the UFC and he's fighting. Oh, such a fun fight! Congratulations to both of those guys. And now we have to talk about Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan. Aljermaine wins a split decision. His game plan was, I don't, if you guys saw the fight, take him down, control him, try to submit him, don't take damage. And that's exactly what he did. Second and third round, he has a body triangle on, I want to say the control time of the first round was like four minutes. Sorry, the fourth, first round. The second round was like four minutes. He had his back. The third round it was like three, three and a half, and Peter Peter Jan wasn't even close to getting out of that. But after that, Jan turned it up, did well in that fourth round. That might be a round that people gave um, to Aljamain Sterling because of how dominant he was in the beginning of the round, and then the tide started changing over. Uh, Peter Jan was starting to win the end of the round, pretty dominant. I gave the round to Piotr. I had him winning. Actually, you know, I gave, I gave, I know I'm taking it back, but I gave Aljo two 10-8s. I had it. Sterling, sorry. Jan, two 10-8s, Sterling. Jan, Jan. I believe the math adds up that ends up in a draw. And I wouldn't have been mad at a draw in that situation. I'm, I don't know why. I feel like the judges are concerned about draws, especially in title fights. That's rough, but you can't be scared to score it as a draw. Sometimes the fight's just even. I know it's not even an exciting even fight, but sometimes that's just the way it is, and that's okay. But Sterling's a champion. Um, maybe Piotr goes. I don't know who he fights next. I know Sterling wants to fight. Um, I think T.J. Dillashaw is the next guy that's going to be in line. That's a rough fight for Aljamain. That is a really, really tough fight for Aljamain Sterling. I think we see TJ Dillashaw as the champion in 2022. Um, I don't know if he's going to be healed enough in enough time. I know he got like a massive knee surgery, tore apart his knee completely in the Corey Sanhagen fight. But I don't know. We'll see what happens there. That's probably the next fight for Aljamain for the title. And for Peter Jan, I mean, the world's really his oyster. People really still think he won that fight. He's going to fight a, t- a top guy next. Who knows who it's going to be, but I'm excited to watch uh, what's going to happen there. Maybe Sean O'Malley gets thrown in the mix. Who knows? Probably not. He's not fighting anybody in the top 15. So. But, hey, that's okay. And then Alexander Volkanovsky absolutely dominates Chan Sung Jung. Fourth round TKO. They could have stopped it going into that third, uh, going um, into the fourth round, in between the second, third, and fourth round. I wouldn't have been mad if they stopped it on the bent, on the stool. I, I mean, he he couldn't even sit on the stool. 
after the second and third round. I don't know if that was a personal choice. I can't remember if he sat in the stool in between the first and second round or not. I don't know if that was just something he does. I haven't seen it before from him, so uh, who knows? I mean, the only times you really saw uh, the Korean zombie doing anything good was he landed a couple big shots on Volkanovski, but I mean, Volkanovski's got a chin, man. He just ate those shots and kept coming forward. That was a rough fight to watch, man, for uh, the Korean zombie. I don't know what's next for him. Uh, Volkanovski said now he wants to go up and fight um, the champion at 155. Oof, it gets dicey up there for Volkanovski. And then Cejudo's like, I'll fight him. Yeah, shut up. Shut up, Henry. He's in the butt. But, hey, Cejudo is in the USADA testing pool now, so who knows what could be next for him. Maybe he fights uh, somebody at 135 pounds. Uh, maybe he goes up to 45. Dude's looking pretty thick these days, <laughs> obviously. But, um, hey, who knows what's going on there. But Volkanovski is on a 20-fight win streak. That is absolutely nuts. I think after this is the first fight in Volkanovski's career where people are like, oh, shit, this dude's for real. Because those Max Holloway fights are kind of asterisks there for a lot of people. You know, I don't, I, I even don't think he won that second fight. I thought Volkanovski won. I'm sorry. I thought Max Holloway won. I think, I think you got to give Max that shot next before you, you start talking about moving up to 155 pounds. If you beat him a third time, I think the conversation's over. Alexander's going to get the best of him. It might even just be a, a stylistic thing where, I, you know, Max just can't implement his game plan the way he wants, but. That's I mean if you're Volk, if you're the UFC and you're Volkanovski you gotta you gotta give that shot to Max yet next but yeah f fights this weekend were absolutely incredible I'm so happy I didn't have to work I got to stay home and I watched every single fight this weekend and I'm about to do the same thing this coming weekend um a lot of no names not no names they have names that's rude I shouldn't say that uh, but a lot of uh, not a lot of big names, I should say. We got Jakar Close. He's fighting uh, Brandon Jenkins. Um, don't know. I haven't seen this dude fight yet. He fought somebody uh, like last year, and he lost in the UFC. Um, but Jakar Close, that's always he's always exciting. Um, he's exciting to watch. He's coming off that. He isn't. Wow, Jakar Close has not fought since he lost to Benil Dariush at UFC. <laughs> Um, 248. He hasn't fought at all during the pandemic. That's crazy. I did not know that. But he was on a three-fight win streak before then. Dude's only lost once in the UFC uh, via decision. So, damn, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know he's been out that long. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, that's better. Okay. Uh, but we got Chris Barnett farting, uh, farting. God damn it. Fighting uh, Martin uh, Brude. Again, I don't know who this Martin dude is. But he's fighting Chris Barnett. Barnett won and won the UFC. Lost to Ben Roth Rothwell. Um, and then his most recent fight, Gon Vellante. I'm sure everybody knows that knockout. Dude is 5'9", 264 pounds of man. A peak human athlete. I love this dude. He's fun to watch. He knocked out Gon Vellante with a wheel kick. A wheel kick. Gon Vellante's like 6'3". And this dude's 5'9". He's wheel kicking dudes and knocking them out. Uh, a lot of people don't know Barnett has a background in Taekwondo. That's why he's as nimble as he is. He's got that leg dexterity. 
man, this dude's so fun to watch. 22 and 7 overall record, 17 knockouts. Dude hits so hard. He's my height. And he's fighting heavyweights. The mere thought of someone my size fighting heavyweights scares the shit out of me. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. This dude's a savage. Um, Burday, this is his first official fight in the UFC, though. Coming off a big knockout win in the Contender Series. I went and watched it uh, yesterday. Dude hits hard. He's huge. He's an absolute monster. It's going to be a tough fight for Chris Barnett. Uh, Martin is 6'5", 265. So almost a foot indifference in height he's from slovakia those dudes are scary any of those eastern Bloc countries ah uh, i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen chris barnett's fun to watch that's all i can say so if you guys aren't gonna watch the prelims at least tune in for this one it's gonna be fun uh devin clark is fighting william knight devin clark coming off a couple of losses lo losses to anthony smith and uh ion cutaleba but before that, I think that Anthony Smith, yeah, that was a that was a main event, and dude got uh, smashed by Anthony Smith in the first round. Got submitted, kind of got exposed. Oh, they're both from South Dakota, him and Anthony Smith. That's interesting. But he's fighting an absolute monster in William Knight. Dude hits so hard. 5'10", 170 pounds. Dude looks like he's 350 of all muscle. He's a terrifying man. 11 wins, 9 via knockout. Again, if you guys aren't going to watch the prelims, at least watch the prelims for this fight. That fight's going to be nuts. Miguel Baez is fighting. Um, again, there's a lot of great fights on this card. I didn't do a full breakdown of this card. I didn't have time this week. I apologize. I know I haven't done a podcast in a while. You're like, you don't have time. No, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. I got to go to work. This isn't my job. My job isn't the podcast. I got to go to work. I can't do Okay, Okay, it's fine. But that'll bring us to our main event, which is kind of, in my opinion, a sleeper fight. This Vicente Luque Bala Muhammad fight is very, very interesting. Uh, these guys are both on very sneaky winning streaks. I mean, Vicente Luque has lost, like, two fights in the UFC. He's lost two fights since 2015. He's actually already beat Bilal Muhammad. I didn't... Oh, yeah, this is... Yeah, this is the second time they fought. He beat him in 2015. Or 16. That's crazy. At UFC 205, he knocked him out Bilal. But anyway, these guys are on sneaky, sneaky winning streaks. Luque has uh, won four fights in a row, and before that he won one, two, three, six fights previous. So he's like 10 and one in his last 11. It's it's absolutely crazy. And Bala Muhammad has not lost a fight since 2019. He lost to Jeff Neal, and before that his last loss was to Vicente Luque. Bilal Muhammad, his record surprised me. It is 20-3. He has lost three fights. He has only lost to Jeff Neal, Vicente Luque, and Alan Joban in his whole career. It's crazy. And he just beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson 
who I was like, Wonder Boy is going to run through him. Bilal wrestled him to death and smashed him. No one has done that to, to Stephen Thompson. He fought Woodley. Stephen Thompson fought Woodley, and Woodley didn't wasn't even able to do that. That was when Woodley was Tyron Woodley, a superstar wrestler from Oklahoma State. And he couldn't, or sorry, Missouri. And he couldn't do that to Woodley. So to watch Bilal Muhammad do that to Stephen Thompson was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, he had that no contest to, Le uh, to Leon Edwards, but, you know, that's kind of, it gets dicey from there. But he beat, and besides, let's, let's take the Leon Edwards fight out of the equation. He loses to Jeff, Jeff Neal, and then he beats Curtis Millinter, uh, Takashi Santo, Lyman Good, Diego Lima, Damian Maia, and Steven Thompson. That's a crazy resume. And Luke's wins are legit, too. He loses to Steven Thompson. He kind of gets outstruck. But before that, he beats Nico Price. He beats Jalen Turner. He beats Brian Barbarina. He beats Mike Perry. He beats Nico Price. He beats Randy Brown. He beats Tyron Woodley. He beats Michael Chiesa. Submits Michael Chiesa. This fight is so interesting. These guys are both on sneaky win streaks. They have sneaky records. Bilal, like I said, is 20-3. Luke is 21-7. This fight is going to be so interesting with a fight with a bunch of guys who a lot of people other than me or people like me, people, you know, like Joe Rogan, people like, um, what's his name? Errol Hawani, uh, guys like, you know, guys like that that are in the super in the know and watch every single fight probably don't know a lot of the other guys in the undercard. So they probably might not tune into this fight. But if you guys are kind of on the fence about watching this, you got nothing going on on Saturday night. You're like me. You don't have friends. You don't go out. Turn on ESPN plus. If you don't have it, it's $7. I'll send you I'll Venmo you seven bucks and at least watch this main event. I'm just, I didn't, I'm getting excited. Just talking about it. It's nuts that this, this, if this, oh my God, this could be a co-main event on a pay-per-view and I'd be excited. But uh, that's really all that's been going on in the MMA world. Um, I like to do current events. Like I said, um, Henry Cejudo is uh, back in the USADA testing pool, so that's something. Um, but other than that, not really a whole lot going on other than what I've already talked about. So, hey, I appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. I know it's been a while. I'll be back next week, I promise. I know I've said it like six times in a row. But I'll be back next week. And I really, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. All that, guys. And I appreciate each and every one of you. You guys have a good one. Thank you.